I'm Jade Rose. I'm Hamish Steele. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the world of tomorrow! everyone it's a Futurama fan cast and we're already in our pajamas today we are sponsored by Panucci's Pizza and the Head Museum it's free on Tuesdays <laughs> we're uh, here we're here um, this is something new and in this episode we are talking about Space Pilot 3000 it originally aired on March 28 1999 uh, it was written by David X. Cohen and Matt Groening. It was directed by Rich Moore and Greg Vanzo. The opening caption is Futurama in colour. And the opening cartoon is Little Buck Cheezer, which is a 1937 MGM cartoon. Hooray! We're here! We're here! We're I'm... doing a Futurama watch-through fan cast. Yeah, um, for those of you that perhaps have no idea who the heck we are... Um, we have another podcast and recently we spoke about, uh, we talk a, bit, a lot about The Simpsons and uh, mm -hmm. how formative it is, but we had a conversation not that long ago. We were just started talking about Futurama yeah. and for some reason it hadn't really come up between us before, but we were like, God, we love Futurama. Yeah. It's one of those things that just the, the, the quotes bleed into my everyday life. So much. Um, and there's uh, there's there's already a lot of Simpsons praise and attention. And yeah. we felt that, um, A, we really wanted to watch all of Futurama again. Yeah, B, a lot of it I haven't seen. Yeah. Like, the, the later stuff. B, uh, we love podcasting together. We do. And uh, C, if we do a podcast together about Futurama, we'll be dedicated and actually watch all of it. Yeah. Um, and unlike... Simpsons podcast where they can jump about a bit. I think Futurama really lends itself to watching in order. Yeah, uh, you see such growth in the characters and uh, just the nature of a fish out of water guy from our time ending up in the future. Like the passage of time is important in this show. Yeah, it actually has a story. Yeah, it's um, an ongoing yeah. narrative. Like people grow and change. I like say the Simpsons where people, by the nature of like a sitcom, yeah. people don't really change. Whereas mm -hmm. Futurama has that ongoingness. Yeah. So what is it about Futurama that you really love? Oh, I mean, I remember it first starting. Like I've I've always been drawn to sci-fi. Mm -hmm. Um, I like it a lot. Uh Futurama's always very colourful and I it just visually it looks good. Yeah. It looks still really looks good. Um it's always been very funny. The voice acting is great and um I don't feel it got fatigued because uh, it's a finite amount. As well, it never. It always felt really fresh, and it's clearly a real love letter to sci-fi, mm. like all these wonderful tropes and things they're paying homage to. But it's also not a respect. Well, it both is respectful and also it's irreverent. Yeah, I think there's always a problem with sci-fi comedies that either they're too invested in the comedy or too invested in the sci-fi. Yeah. Um, I love things like Red Dwarf, but sometimes it works a lot better just as a sci-fi show, and the humor's not that great. Yeah. Um. But they really get a great balance of Futurama. I think I like it because I love Treehouse of Horror episodes. Sure. And every episode's kind of like that. With yeah, Futurama, I know. Because they can I, I do anything. And um, in this first episode, I was impressed how much world building they yeah, like established. Straight off the bat. And like, 
there's some contradictions here and there, but they remain quite faithful to the world. I think we should also mention our co-host, um, <laughs> Loki the cat, who yeah. is very vocal. And, he's our equivalent uh, of a, a, an owl problem. <laughs> yeah, he's our nibbler. Um, let's let him in. <laughs> let's give baby what he wants. Baby what he wants. I mean, um, unfortunately, I've not yet worked out a way to use Loki's shit to power a spacecraft. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he is very cute. He is very cute. Um, right. I mean, there's lots of reasons why I love drama, but I think a lot of yeah. them can come out when we talk about the actual episode. Sure, sure. So. Let's dive right. I mean, it starts with just a title card, 31st of December, 1999. Mm. Like, we don't know really what's going on, but uh, it starts with this great narration from Fry um, mm. as a little uh, pixelated spaceship goes across the screen. Yeah, it, it's uh, obviously some kind of ho- it's a homage to Star Trek with obviously. space. Um, I got it. Space. It seems to go on and on forever, and then you get to the end, and a gorilla starts throwing barrels at you. Yeah, um, monkey fricka fracas <laughs> junior. Um, it's really weird because as we've watched the whole series, they do a lot of episodes that go back to like that cold open and time travel and memory mm-hmm. things. So every line of it feels kind of. You know when you're watching, like, in The Simpsons and you get to the first time, like, uh, Marge says, Lisa needs braces. Yeah. And you're like, why does that feel so weird to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so the, the, the bit of um, his boss going, Fry, pizza going out! Come, Come on! on! I, like, I've heard that a lot. A lot, yeah. Um, and it's really nice. It's a neat little cold open. It's like a minute or two long. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we see uh, Fry gets sent out on this job. He clearly is miserable. Uh, mm-hmm. He leaves the... Pi- he's at a... He's like on his bicycle going to deliver a pizza, passes a cab that just happens to have his girlfriend in, and she's like, I'm sorry, Fry. It's just and she's just in there with another guy, just I'm sorry, Fry, it's not working out. And they drive and I left your stuff on the sidewalk. <laughs> um, I'm starting to suspect my girlfriend's cheating on me. Yeah. <laughs> um I hate my life, I hate my life, I hate my life, I hate my life, I hate my Yeah, they they paint a very clear, solid image of his life. Yeah, it's really um, not hard to like. You're you're immediately there with him. He's working on New Year's Eve. Mm. Everyone else is partying. He pulls up outside this building to make a delivery. Two uh, seconds later, his bicycle is stolen by a guy in a party hat. Going Happy New Year! And we go into applied cryogenics. No accidents since 1990, and there's a seven that's been stuck over <laughs> the original sign. Um, and uh, this scene again is one of those ones we revisit many times over the series. Yeah. Uh, Fry um, accidentally knocking himself, or so we think, yeah. into a cryogenics tube. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if you're listening to this, you're familiar with Futurama. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we should say off about this is not going to be spoiler free. No. Uh, we so... encourage you to listen along with us, or watch along with us. So, yeah, we see a shadow, shadow of Nibbler who becomes very significant. Part of me wonders if that was always there or whether it was retroactively done on the first DVD. Part of but me wonders if that was just a random shadow that then <laughs> turned into a storyline. Because we don't know, like, retroactive, retroactive continuity <laughs> is literally what is happening in that mm. moment. Well, I actually can't remember what season we first reveal all that stuff about Nibbler. Is. That's true. So well, we'll uh, remember as we we go we'll forward. rediscover. I don't I don't even want to research. It. I want to discover. Yeah, it? It, we just knew that that moment. Obviously, because we've revisited 
fry going mm. into the tube yeah. so many times. Well, pizza delivery for uh, Icy Wiener. Oh, crud. I always thought by this point in my life, I'd be the one making the crank calls. Here's to another lousy millennium. Ten minutes of I just want to talk about Fry for a bit, because... Um, I love Fry. Yeah. It's really weird, because it's this show couldn't be more different to The Simpsons in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. it has a main character and a story. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think what happens with Fry is, like, as because a pilot is a... And this is a pilot. Let's not be yeah. bush on that. Um, Fry definitely gets stupider later, I think. And then he sort of comes back a bit from that. But what I what I like about one he's very he's clearly an everyman that's yeah. that's the point. But in this episode, one you get that he's miserable. Two, you get his genuine joy. Like this is somebody that when something amazing happens, they are amazed. Mm. And he's also very compassionate. Like from the get go, Fry is a nice guy, and I don't mean like in the nice guys way. Mm. I mean like he's genuinely kind of sweet. Yeah, he's a I mean, little naive. That's the thing. He's very naive. Like he's not angry at his girlfriend cheating on him. He's just sort of sad. Yeah. Um. And you know, I just I I they do a really good job of showing not telling his origins, and you mm. can get this really understanding of him, and you can really understand why he's so excited to have a completely fresh start. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's he's very relatable, and yeah. It, it's never revealed. Oh, it might be revealed later. I get. I think he's meant to be in his early twenties. Yeah. Which is a horrifying thought that Fry's younger than me. Yeah, I don't really know when he's meant to be, but he's. I think he's probably old enough to be the kind of. I should be somewhere else because if he's in his, if he's too. Oh, young, then he's definitely in his mid to late twenties. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, again, we like we like how the show, um, like, actually has a progress of time. Yeah. Um. I want to look up how old he's supposed to be. Okay, you do you do that. Um, yeah, it's just the way that Fry reacts to things is so incredibly relatable. And even when you just think, oh, maybe not, uh, it's still believable. Um, I looked up his age and it says 2040. <laughs> well, that's, that'll teach us. Um, but to then be fair, it, that, that looping thing did happen. But it does say that in the first episode, he's meant to be 25. Um, that tracks. And over the course of a series, he goes from being 25 to 39. Oh, of course. When um, we think about uh, Bender's big score. Mm. Yeah. Like, there are actually, like... Yeah. Progression. He ages. Um, and I, I just... Billy West's voice... Like, he's a bit squeakier in this episode. As yeah. Pilot. He's fine. Yeah, finding the voice. But... I mean, he is the voice... Billy West is the voice of Farnsworth as well. Yeah. Like, he's... There's such an earnestness. Yeah, I've it. heard Billy West do very kind of cartoony voices, and he does. 
He's just such a good job of being so human and mm. relatable and lovely. One thing we're definitely made a note about, he does such a good scream. <laughs> yeah. Like he's panicked, yelping and screaming. Like it's very, it's very good. Yeah. The, the I will say the voice acting, um, to move away briefly from Fry before we get back to the plot, is consistently very good in... Mm. I mean, the thing is, a lot of the cast are voice actors. Yeah. I'm wondering if Katie Seagull is the only one who's not really a voice actor. Yeah. I'm on. Yeah. And she, I love Katie Seagull's performance as Leela. Yeah. I, I mean, I have in my time casted for cartoons. Yeah. And you need it's so specific her voice yeah because we were talking when watching it about how Leela is definitely meant to be sexy yes um and there's just such, such a like a subtle like line she's playing of she's her, she, vo- her voice is, uh, you know, attractive, but very commanding. Yeah. And She's but, a kick-ass pilot who takes no yeah. shit, but there's a vulnerability to her performance and a mm. weariness to it. Yeah. And I think Futurama, as it goes on, does a really good job of making a kind of badass, hot, cool space pilot in a tank top be really fully rounded, mm-hmm. very relatable um, yeah. character. Sure. Um, and... Yeah. John, John DiMaggio is Bender in this first episode. He's so much more gravelly. Yeah. Like, I think, I've, I think, oh, what is it? Um, is the documentary called I Know That Voice? Yeah, yeah. I know. I think he talked about how Bender at first was not a great long-term no, no, thing. And yeah. he, how he found it easier to... In general, I think it's really funny to see a robot character in a show not talk like this and yeah. just be like... If the first line he says in the whole series is bite my, my shiny, shiny metal ass... Um, Shinier than yours, meatbag. <laughs> and just, I think that's another reason I like Futurama is it paints a future. They kind of, um, there's like a get out of inaccuracy yeah. clause because they show when Fry is cryogenically frozen, humanity falling and rising, rising many times. Twice, yeah, at least twice. Um, never shooting down the cryogenics lab. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that's nice because there's certain things where. It doesn't feel so futuristic. Mm-hmm. Like the place is still still grimy, and there's just bricks. And... I think that's what it feels like. Having now been there, it feels mm. like New York. Yeah, you can tell like the whole pff, tourist line. Yeah, I love that moment. It, um, it's palpable, and I think that's part of why Fry is able to adjust the way he is because he's still a New Yorker. Yeah, and like he adjusts pretty quickly. A lot of season one is him. It's it's fish out of water, but at the same time, he settles. And perhaps it's because he's not super smart. Mm. But he's just like, okay, cool, I'm in the future now. Yeah. Okay, cool, alien. Okay, cool, robot. Like, And maybe in a way, he is able to relate to people on a different level because Leela's obsessed with career chips and mm. you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And Bender says in one bit, you really want to have a robot as a friend? And he said, yeah, ever since I was six. And that's really sweet. Yeah. And that's why... I think people in, you know, this is a world where you get fired out of a cannon into the sun. I actually wanted to talk about that. Like, it's really fucking, dis- like, you wonder, oh, yeah, like, oh, money is great and people are there and it's just like fashion and the human race survives. Just like, there's something very dystopian about permanent career assignments based on like a biological scan. Yeah. I'm interested how, because I know a few later episodes do reference them, but I am interested how consistent they are with that. That's true. Um, That's true. But... 
But yeah. there might be because of age and things like that. Mm. Like, we don't see Fry go through growing up in the system of the future. Yeah, we don't get too many details about it. Though, of course, if we're talking about, uh, yeah, the whole job deserters getting fired out of a... You'll be fired out of a cannon <laughs> into the sun, which is the delivery, the writing and the delivery of that line is so good. I just think it exists post all of those dystopian films where there was death sports and yeah. it kind of exists in this... It's like the inevitability of capitalism is yeah. what it is. I, 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 I think that's a really good choice. I mean, if we want to talk about dystopian vibes, though, suicide booths. Yeah. Like, stop and drop. America's leading suicide booth since 2008 was the gag. A, such a good joke. And, like, both Hamish and I were just like... <laughs> the, um, yeah, the suicide booth, I felt both of us had kind of weird intake of breath yeah but it's like it's such a good it's a funny scene it's funny and it's dark and i feel that's like futurama had that from the get-go because they knew they were pitching at a slightly older audience yeah uh it's still like very family friendly entertainment but these are grown-ups this is like a hard drinking robot this is mm. like one of the first moments we see Fred, just like, okay, um, we'll treat you with kindness and respect now strip naked and get on the probe later <laughs> it's a it's a a world where everyone is very at peace with just mortality mm-hmm. and uh, your lot in life. Yeah. Um, I kind of it's such sorry, it's just a small gag. So often, like with like probing gags, it's always like ah, and I just like you make. I like when the probe like kicks off. I just goes oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a nice little subversion of a thing that bugs me where it pops up. Um, yeah, I mean, there's other little dark hints. The the keepers of the peace or the peace officers oh yeah we're peace officers after they're beating up yeah they try to beat up bender and fry and what are you doing our job we're peace officers and it's just like <laughs> yeah i mean it, it just it's it's proper sci-fi and sci-fi yeah. is always meant to be a commentary on nowadays and um yeah. Futurama is no exception. So the gag about let's get 24th, 24th century in their ass and they like pop lightsabers out <laughs> like with the noise and then they're just batons for smacking. There's a lot of good sound effects in this. Like yeah. almost everything makes a Star Trek noise. I mean, the fact also the fact that we have the uh, the lightsaber noise and then Lila says no need to use force. Oh, that's good. I didn't really catch that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that just like, I, I made a note of that. Um, what else? I kind of like. Really small thing. I remember when I first watched this. Yeah. Or maybe when I first saw designs, I didn't actually notice that Leela was a cyclops. I thought it was like a, a design choice that her hair was covering one of her eyes. Yeah. Um, but I do love the moment where like, hey, can I ask a question? Is it about my eye? Mm, kinda. It's... Okay. What's with the eye? <laughs> <laughs> um, but also that's really sweet, her talking about her being an alien. Yeah. Um, I mean, we learn later yeah. what the deal actually is with Leela. But they they that's her kind of humanising connection moment. That they aspect have. of being alone. Yeah. I find it interesting, actually. Um, I remember seeing a documentary or an, a DVD extra of Matt Groening talking about coming up with the design for Leela. Mm. And he's like, I want a sexy space babe. And then I wanted to have one eye to mess with the animators. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting because she's still very expressive. Yeah. She does a lot of like... Yeah, they do a lot of work. Cross. Yeah, like the pupil and the way they use the hair as part of the characterization as well mm. and lashes and stuff like that. They do a really good job. I have, All the di- designs are really appealing. There's mm. a bit when they go down into old New York, which mm. is another aspect of the show I forgot they established yeah. straight away. Um, 
there's a just a, a shot I noticed of Fry, Leela, and Bender all stood in the same shot for mm. like one of the first times, and just they're so good and so iconic. Yeah, and everything's so colorful and nice and yeah. Um, it's interesting that we don't see some of the other characters in this episode. Yeah, they introduced like it's a very small group of characters, really. Hmm. I suppose actually I realised we should quickly run down what the plot of this episode is. <laughs> uh, 19, uh, 1999, New Year's Eve, Fry uh, winds up in a cryo tube, bamp forward, well, he doesn't bamp forward, time passes <laughs> and he wakes up in the year 3000. Uh, he is assigned, uh, he's done these tests, he's assigned the job of delivery boy, he doesn't want to be a delivery boy because that was his shitty pizza delivery job. Mm-hmm. So he runs off, he runs into Bender, uh, they're basically on the run from Leela for some of the episode. Um, Bender also is uh, quitting. Well, he meets him in a queue for the suicide booth. booth. So when we first meet Bender, he's very in a bad place. Yeah, yeah. For Fry uses thinks the suicide booth is a phone booth, which is yeah. interesting because we think about now about cell phones and stuff mm. like that. And that'll be interesting to watch as the episodes go on, like how cell phones came in with us. Well, compared to what we see on we were, I'm sorry to interrupt the, the episode synopsis. Yeah, um, no, do. But they actually keep a consistent thing of Fry not being from present day. He's from the 90s. Yes. Very specifically. Yes, that's very um, true. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Fry's trying to track down his only living relative. Yes, which he's is many, 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 many great nephew. Uh, Professor, Professor Farnsworth. Um, um, but yeah. Uh, he's got that information, which is what he's trying to do. He and he and Bender run away. They wind up at the Head Museum, mm-hmm. which is Futurama's great conceit to get celebrity <laughs> guests in. And the first person we meet is Leonard Nimoy, which is great because Fry's first thing is to say, Spock, do the thing. And obviously where Leonard <laughs> Nimoy is a head in the jar. Just like, I, I don't, don't do that him. anymore. Um, it, is a, it is a life of quiet dignity. Feeding time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, they manage. That's where the police officers catch up. The peace officers catch up with them. Um, they get away again. They get down into old New York. Um, Leela finds them, sort of makes peace. They make their way to Farnsworth's place. Leela takes her own career chip out. Yeah, really. Um, she's like, I didn't realize. I've always, yeah. Why did you do that? I've always wanted to quit. Yeah. So they they're all um, job Gen- deserters. Yeah. Uh, they find their way to Farnsworth's place. Uh, they find out he's got an intergalactic spaceship and a great scene of like this is my work table and this is my work stool and that's my intergalactic spaceship and this is my drawer where I keep assorted pieces of wire and um, and the police arrive at the door because uh, Fry managed to knock over President Nixon's former President Nixon's head in the head museum our first um, meeting of Nixon who becomes a full-fledged character an antagonist yeah but and uh, yeah we have that and as they're at the door uh, they escape from Planet Express are on the ship at the stroke of midnight when all the fireworks are going yeah. off and they end up in space and Professor Farnsworth uh, offers them a job because he has the career chips that he handily extracts from an envelope about contents of Space Wasp's stomach and thus beginning the ongoing gag of just how many Planet Express crews <laughs> have there been. But that's a reference to a later episode. We when... have bees. Yeah, but I feel like maybe it's... maybe. Maybe. A reference. It wouldn't surprise me. I was purposely waiting for the... But yeah, at the end, uh, she's like, yes, you'll work for me for my delivery firm. And like Fry's just like, what am I going to be? She's like, it'll be your responsibility to make sure the package gets where it needs to be. So you're saying I'm a delivery boy. Yes. Woohoo! I'm a <laughs> delivery boy! Yeah, it's re- it, like, Fry has a really noticeable arc in this episode. Yeah. Um, 
and it's just nice to see a story about someone waking up in the future and they're really happy about it. And He's Fry, delighted Fry about it. Fry spends the series happy, and there's a few episodes of... There's some very tear-jerky ones. Yep. Um, I want to try and watch those ones together. Yeah, where possible. We're... Um, yeah, no, uh, for our pilot, we're recording together, but we're probably going to be doing remote recording for most yeah, of these. because we are from the world of tomorrow, where that is possible. Yeah. Wouldn't it have been possible in 1999? No. Um, maybe not. Um, in general, did you like this episode? I love this episode. It's such a strong start. You establish... I remember saying, just like, I want... To to spend more time with these characters. I want to spend more time in this world. It felt like so rich and mm. it didn't bother giving you too much information. You got these little snippets of things like knowing what I know now, like you see the Martian writing in places, you see a sign for slurm, you see ads mm. for mom's mom's robot company. Mm. And like, it's all being there. So much is there from the jump. Yeah. But they keep the world like loose enough yeah. that you can still have, really zany jokes and mm-hmm. just the concept of being a space delivery company is a really good yeah an concept. intergalactic space yeah delivery company yeah great. i do think sci-fi comedy works best when it isn't a direct parody of something else yeah so i like red dwarf because it is set in its own universe mm-hmm. and its own sci-fi story and i think futurama works well because it's not like Star Trek was about a delivery company and they're just spoofing it. Yeah. And you don't need to care about sci-fi to enjoy the show. No. Because the characters are so well drawn and... Exactly. Yeah. Um, I've got... Uh, there's a line where Fry mm. says, why would a robot need to drink? And he says, I, I don't, don't need, need to drink, drink. I, can I can quit, quit any time I want. want. Uh, and he belches fire. We later learn... The robots do need to drink. But they don't have to drink alcohol. That's true. It's a good joke. It's a fantastic joke. Um, but I like I like the episodes when uh, Bender stops drinking and gets like the 5am rust and yeah, things like that. that's great. Um, yeah. uh, one, I suppose, a little niggle that I have to mention is like when uh, Bender decides to go with Fry, it's just like, okay, but uh, I don't want people thinking we're robosexuals. Yeah. I mean, um, it does come up later that in that society there are there is prejudice against humans who are in relationships with robots. Mm-hmm. But I feel it is a quick, easy way to get a gay panic joke in. Yeah. Um, if you are listening to this and you haven't listened to our other podcast, oh, yeah. uh, we queer as hell. We queer. Yeah. I mean, we always get a bit annoyed when things set in the future don't seem to... Have, have improved moved. no don't seem to have moved on you know i when futurama could do with more queerness but... yeah but also we were aware that it started in 1999 yeah like and there are some things gags that i feel like and i believe this of that writing staff that would be different yeah so um you know maybe we'll be surprised we haven't seen um yeah the lo- seasons after the movies no i think that's i, may, I might have seen like the odd episode but... yeah so we're excited to come on that journey. Yes. Um, One thing I, I made a note of, we're just sort of jumping all over the place. This is our first time doing a yeah. proper sort of watch along kind of thing. Uh, one gag that it just says something very telling about who Bender is as a person, or who Bender is as a robot, I should say, hmm. um, is even when going to use a suicide booth that costs a quarter, it only costs a quarter, <laughs> Uh, is he still uses a quarter on a string to try <laughs> yeah. get a twofer? Like, 
He's ready. He's about to die. He's not going to need that quarter. And he's still like, oh, let's try for a twofer. Like he's cheating. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's... it's so establishing of who Bender is. As a... I mean, later we get the thing where he joins in the moment and then there's stolen, he's palmed Leela's ring. Mm. Just like these gags about who Bender is. Like... And so ends the mystery of the missing ring. <laughs> yeah. Listen, buddy, I'm in a hurry here. Let's try for a twofer. <laughs> Please select mode of death. Quick and painless, or slow and horrible. Yeah, I'd like to place a collect call. You have selected slow and horrible. Good choice. Bring it on, baby! Yeah, I, I like the episode. Um, it feels odd, just because there's no other episode like it. Cause yeah. It's... it's weird that we have, like... A full. I think they do have scenes pre the opening in later, but it still feels really odd to not start with that title card. Mm. And like, obviously, I think next episode we get to meet Zoidberg and uh, no, Amy no. and thing. Yeah, yeah. So. It'd be interesting to see when exactly we meet because they're so established. Mm. So I was wondering going into this episode, like, I wonder when Bender first says that catchphrase, and like, nope, straight no, away, straight away, <laughs> straight away. Um, but yeah, even the bit characters in this episode, like the two police officer peace officers we meet, mm. they're recurring characters. They come back again. You got the slightly nebbish guy and the heavily coded as black robot yeah. police officer, and they're great. And they pop up again and again and again. The they head have... museum again. Leonard Nimoy is a recurring character <laughs> in Futurama. Yeah, they they use the heads really well. Actually, mm. I really like Lucy Liu and mm-hmm. um, a few other recurring. Pamela Anderson's great when she yeah. shows up. Um, the yeah, but it's it's a similar thing that The Simpsons does where they won't just have a random background character. I mean, sometimes they do, but yeah. if if the character has a job that could possibly be a job we see again, like yeah. I'm sure when they were writing it, they had to be chased by police, so like let's establish these as interesting characters. Yeah. Um they make some really great choices about yeah. about, about the world. I, th- I I'm thinking the other guys Billy West as well. Possibly, it sounds. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, Billy so. West is a talent. Like he d- also does Zach Brannigan. And, yeah, yeah. We also have like uh, I think Tress McNeil who do- who does um, Tess uh, does. I think she's Michelle uh, Fry's ex girlfriend, but will be the voice of Amy. Oh yeah, I yeah. Believe that's Tress McNeil. When when Michelle comes back, she's voiced, voiced by... with Sarah Silverman. I think. I think a couple of people have definitely definitely <laughs> voiced her. Played her. that role. Yeah. Um, it's just night. I just. It's so full. Like I can see why they keep coming back to it because yeah. there's so much that gets established, but it doesn't feel rushed and no. Like because ultimately it's just Fry gets chased. Yeah. Um. It's so simple, but yeah. There's not a lot of plot going on, but it feels both utterly fulfilling mm. and like not crowded. Like despite yeah. the fact, like visually, it's great. Like the depth. Like they do some really interesting stuff with depth of focus as well which you don't see a lot in cartoons i feel well like they were very yeah. keen to explore 3d space yeah and they use a lot of cgi but it it's never, augments the yeah it never looks slapped on and yeah it doesn't take you out of it it's just they you know spaceships look like that and cars look like that yeah um yeah oh, one of my favorite little bits of background character design is fry walks past this couple that are wearing like clear plastic clothes but they just have like this uh, sensor bars yeah 
Do people? I swear, someone dresses like that in Blade Runner, or something. Maybe it wouldn't surprise me. But it's really interesting bit of design, and the idea that Fry's walking past really different people. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the two people that come out of the tube before him, mm. the tube. Um, yeah. Like one of them looks like Pippi Longstockings yeah. or something. It's just really it's really fun, interesting. Little, really little fun little hair. Um, and they don't do it. As much, but I love how we go on later. Just some people are robots, some people are aliens. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just very... Little... It is like a very... Also, um, not all the background characters you see are white. Yeah. And there's like... I mean, I kind of want us to talk about this, but I haven't done the research into it. Um, we, we had lunch earlier and I asked if you'd seen The Problem with Apu. Yeah. Um, which is a really good documentary and I think all fans should give it a watch. Um I don't know. I'm guessing Leela's boss is not voiced by an I, Indian guy. I am also guessing not. However, um, I do find it interesting that the first... It, it, in some ways... Because part of the problem with the poo, the, the documentary, is showing that the Simpsons for a long time have known that Apu's not a great character. Yeah. Um, for a lot of reasons, like he can be funny and we can love him, but yeah, he's <laughs> a very he's a stereotype. Yeah, um, and this has less stereotypes. Yeah, aside from the accent. Of, yeah, which is just that sort of south, that thick sort of South Asian. Yeah, and I appreciate. I appreciate that's a very generic <laughs> descriptor. However, it's also a very generic accent. Yeah, they're doing a. It's doing a kind of a comedy accent, but it's, it seems really different. It's just like, this is New York. It's inhabited by people with many different yeah. accents. This guy's also pompous as fuck, and it sort of plays into that rather than it being a mocking of a regional mm. accent. It's just like, yeah. this guy's a bit of a dick. Yeah, it's it, it's, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. I think maybe we'll... That's something we'll have to keep an eye on. Yeah. Sure. Uh, when Fry comes out of the tube, the two guys that meet him, we have the super dramatic Terry, mm. but we also just have his co-worker, whose name I think we get in a later episode, who's just like, why do you always do that? Yeah. So, Excuse me for having a little showmanship. <laughs> um, I just think it's it's nice that if you're setting a show in New York, you're not making it all white. Mm. Even in a show where you could really easily, and Futurama I'm sure does it sometimes, just lean on, well, robots are a mm. minority or yeah. an alien races. Yeah. Um, I find it, like, this is an interesting bit of detail where Leela says that her parents left her here as a child. Yeah. It's kind of setting up this world where Earth is completely integrated into the solar system, uh, to the yeah. whole galaxy, yeah. to the universe, um, and aliens come and go. Sure. I mean, even in old New York, they see this horrible mutated monster and Fry doesn't even react to it at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So. Oh, one gag I have to give a shout out to because I can't remember if they come back to it in later episodes, but just because uh, it's clear that Fry is a Star Trek fan, yeah, which becomes its own amusing gag later on in oh, Futurama. Such a good episode. Uh, but him battling sliding doors, yes. like one automatic, it goes up and he's just like, and it drops onto his face, mm. which is fantastic. And later he goes for a different door and he's looking up, expecting it, and the door like slams into him <laughs> from the back, and he just has to like pull himself through it, and you just see the fingers like. Nyeh. Yeah. It's just a, it's a great little detail, but that also speaks to him being new there. Yeah, like you don't hang around waiting. They're not like our automatic doors, mm. where they won't shut if there's somebody in them. It's really nice. It's just, it's a good episode. I'm really excited to 
do this. Yeah. Um, um, I've, I one little just sh- quick shout out. I like seeing Blinky from The Simpsons. Yeah, that was just um, something. To, uh, yeah, and also the Titanic. Yeah, there's a, there's a few. Uh, Some great um, little sh- throwaway sight gags. Yeah, but there's a few Simpsons references mm-hmm. in Futurama. The Simpsons is a TV show. Yeah. Because they mentioned Bart Simpson toys in one episode. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really fun. And obviously yeah. we see Matt Groening's head. Yes, yes, we do. Next to Barbara Streisand, uh, next to Barbara Streisand of all yeah. people. Um, oh. So yeah, it was a good episode. So that was Space Pilot 3000. Um, yeah, I think we're possibly, depending on the episodes, how weighty they are, uh, we might, we're going to maybe try watch one or two episodes an mm-hmm. episode. And obviously there's a finite amount of Futurama episodes, so... This is not, yeah, not a forever podcast. Although I bet as soon as we get to the final season, it'll come back and we'll have to keep going. <laughs> but I'll have fun doing that. Um, uh, but yeah, we'll hope that you uh, you join us uh, watching along and listening to the podcast. Um, we haven't got a Twitter yet, but no. we will. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure, sure it will be something relevant. Um We'll yeah. probably post this on all our other social media for now. Yeah. Um, or I'll edit in what it is. <laughs> we could leave a space here. We are at Futurama Fancast. I was really hoping the cat would meow then. <laughs> that would have been dramatic. Um, um, but if you want to follow us, uh, I'm at Rose. I'm at Hamish Steele. Uh, and yeah. So long, jerkwads! <laughs> <laughs>